Woo! It is the longest party podcast. Lots going on. I know I say that a lot. I seem that seems to be maybe that's my new catchphrase. Lots going on on a very busy news night. It's like on whenever Hannity starts his show, a very busy news night. So welcome everybody. I hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a great week. I'm having a good one. I'm feeling top notch. The Liberty Gimlet maybe had too many gimlets. The Liberty Gimlet, the gypsy is in uh, her sick camp. She's got she's under the weather. We got Kung Fu Rick. We got Kung Fu Rick coming by from the middle of America. Kung Fu, are you there? Yep, yep, yep. Happy to fill in for Stacy. She needs to stay in her Ebola tent so the rest of us don't get sick. <laughs> the Ebola tent. Stay in your Ebola tent. All right, we are we are jumping in. We we have to pull a Hannity here on a very busy news night. There's so much wonderful stuff going on. And in terms of stuff to look forward to in this show that we got to talk about, that I feel like we have to talk about, the Joker movie, which I saw yesterday, which is just, uh, I'll tell you right now, no spoilers. There, there, there will be no spoilers uh, about that. I want to give you guys an update on the whole Freedom to Laugh tour. Uh, we got some some Twitter news from the uh, – there's a new group called the Impeachment Task Force. I was on Fox and Friends talking about those guys a little bit. Uh, always a good time to get up in the middle of the night and go uh, hang out with the Fox and Friends crew talking some wackiness. We'll talk about Pete Buttigieg. We'll talk about the Democratic uh, people in the Democratic race for El Presidente. And then we got to talk. We'll, we might as well start off again because this is a this is on the top of everybody's list there, Rick. We got to talk about the whole Ukraine thing. We got to talk about whistleblowers. I've said the word whistleblower more in the past week than I have my entire life. If you took my whole life and you put it all together. But I think we're supposed to freak out. Ooh, there's a second whistleblower. There's a second whistleblower. There's a second whistleblower. Pardon me if I don't flip out. Pardon me if I don't flip out. I think this thing is great. I think it's awesome. I can only see the plus side. We got to make fun of Mitt Romney. We got to make fun of what is that dude's malfunction? So can I take my speaking of him? Can I take my 2012 vote back, please? (laughs) I'm seeing that a lot. (laughs) But you know what? Uh, That's just listen. It was a it was the it was Romney Obama. I just remember being just so bummed out. I remember being so bummed out uh, during that. I think it was the second debate uh, when Obama's like, I did use the word terrorism. I did use the word terror. And then Candy Crowley backed him up. He did. We we went back and we looked. He did. And then just just seeing how Romney folded, just seeing how he folded like a deck chair on that and had no spine, did not fight back. He knew he was right. He knew he was right. But then he suddenly questioned himself and he didn't have any chutzpah. He didn't have a pair of cojones. And then – after uh, reading the Cheryl Atkinson book, uh, Stonewalled, and getting the inside scoop and how that, uh, you know, that moment was orchestrated by the White House and by Ben Rhodes and by the communications staff uh, from Obama's White House. Uh, and it was all, I don't know, Mitt Romney's a huge disappointment. I, I really like I'm bummed out with the dude. I wish he was stronger because I, I, I'm listen. I'm all for having a like a total Boy Scout, an Eagle Scout. I'm I'm all I'm all for that having having that type of person uh, in the Republican Party and in 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 a position of power. But you got to know when to when to ball up your fist and start punching back. I mean, if you want to be if you want to be Jimmy Stewart in here and 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 be like Mitt Romney goes to Washington, well, at some point, uh, Jimmy Stewart had to dig in and fight, and and Mitt Romney has. Evidently, he has no ability to do that. He has no ability to go. All right, that's enough. Now I'm going to start punching. Now yeah, you've, well. you've punched. You've punched me in the face. You've kicked me in the nards. Uh, you hit me with a car. I'm going to start punching back. He's he, he lacks that gear. So it's sad. I feel bad for Mitt Romney. Hopefully, the people of Utah are bummed out with him too. And here's the other thing I always want to know: whenever Mitt Romney's name comes up in conversation. Does anybody know 
remember when Mitt Romney wasn't he like the Massachusetts dude? Didn't he do like Romney care in Massachusetts? Yeah, he was the governor of Massachusetts. Um, actually, backing up to him not having any fight, uh, I actually had a nickname for him after 2012. I called him Milk Toast Mitt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's perfectly fitting. Because yeah, he just he just had zero fight to him at all, and it was just. I don't know. I mean, I was really disappointed by the whole thing, to be honest. Um, but I, I think the thing that disappoints me the most is that he is still, to this day, I mean, even after, Pre- I mean, President Trump, even though he, I'm sure he knew better, he gave Romney an endorsement, which probably helped him get the Senate gig that he's in right now. And now yep. every time he turns around, Romney's like, yeah, Trump's an a-hole. Well, you know what? I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that fact, but... At least he's fighting. At least he's not just taking it and laying down, unlike some people. There, there's an interesting story going back to that debate, because between the second and the, and the third debates, I actually reached out to the Romney camp to find out why they didn't press the fact that they had Obama in several lies between those yeah. two debates, and they said they chose to take the high road because they were pretty sure they were going to win. Ha, 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 ha. We choose to take the high road because we're we're certain we're going to win. And why sully ourselves? Why get why get mud on our shoes when we're so certain to win? Oh, Mitt, oh, Mitt, he is like the human embodiment of just like white bread. He's just he's just that poor guy. He doesn't matter. Thrown upon the ash heap of history, Mitt will be forgotten. Soon, please. Sooner the better. Yeah. Well, here we go. We got a we got another we got another whistleblower coming out, and and people are are we're I guess we're supposed to flip out. We're supposed to flip out, but it's not about a second event. It's not like oh we have another phone call. It's this could very well be like the first whistleblower. This could be the person who was in the room uh, and and w- witnessed it. That's where this whole thing just goes off the rails for me, and I keep forgetting to talk about this. This is where it goes off the rails. Like, why? And, and this is where Trump is 110% correct. So, so you're you're President Trump, and and for for this exercise, we'll go with we'll go with a thing where we'll pretend there was quid pro quo. We'll pretend that he said, "Hey, either do this or else," which he didn't, which he didn't do. So you're in on this phone call, you're listening to it, and you're like, "Wow, holy crap!" Uh, the President of the United States just. Uh, uh, just ask the president of Ukraine to do something illegal. So why aren't you the whistleblower? Why don't you go to the the attorney or the investigator general or whatever the hell it is? Why don't you do it? Why do you hand that off to a second person? Why? That's where it, that's where the whole thing just goes off the rails for me. If it's so bad, if it's that egregious. You, you you blow the whistle yourself. You go for it. You don't hand it off to a second person unless you want to stick around. Unless you like, ooh, you know what? I'm going to stick around and try to find some more dirt, some more stuff. Then you're then you're a spy, in my my opinion. Like that's and that's who that's that's what I want to know. And when and when Trump talks like that, when Trump talks like that, people are like, oh my gosh, he's Stalin, he's Hitler, he's the devil incarnate. And they're like, no. No, he actually has a a very good point. Uh, All I know is for three plus years, the Democrats have been telling us that the sky is falling. For three plus years, the same people that have been swearing to destroy him from the day that he stepped off the escalator are all the same people that are tied to each one of these stories. If you actually go back and you look at who's pulling the strings behind the scenes, it's the same group of people that have told us since the day that he stepped off the escalator he was never going to be president. And and they all have people over at Barisma Holdings. It's nuts. It's nuts. Now there's 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 stories uh, circulating around that like Nancy Pelosi's kid was over at Barisma Holdings. I got to get a piece of that. I just tweeted that out. I'm like, listen, I I think I need my fair share of Barisma Holdings. If 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 the Ukrainian government, if someone over in the Ukraine is going to give just any red-blooded american uh fifty thousand dollars a month uh, i'll be in charge i can i can sit on the board of directors of a natural gas company i'll be good i'll look at charts and say stuff like mm, looks good looks good or i can say oh looks bad who's on that who's i can do that stuff 
Do you want to do you want a piece of Barisma Holdings, Rick? I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, I'll go in for the interview when they tell me I don't have any experience in natural gas. I'll be like, hey, little do you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and then just rip one. And then <laughs> just rip one. How's that for experience? Anybody experience in that? Anybody experience in those white castles I had for dinner? Hey, we're 10 minutes in. We're doing fart jokes and it's awesome. <laughs> I got experience in natural gas. That's a great one, buddy. That's a good one. Uh, so I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm literally not worried, and I cannot see. And this is the thing where it's. It's. It's the wonderful part of it. It's the wonderful part of the Trump presidency is that you have uh, Republicans who are learning how to go on offense and learning how to stick to their own. It's like there's clips going around. We record on a Sunday. And there's clips of uh, George Stephanopoulos going around, and he's ta- he's trying to get Jim Jordan just to answer the question, just to answer the question. And there's Chuck Todd clips. Chuck Todd's losing his mind. Just answer the question. Just answer the question. And their guests uh, on I think on Stephanopoulos it was Jim Jordan, and then on Meet the Press it was some senator from somewhere else. And and when they t- start talking about looking into corruption and looking into what happened in the 2016 election. Boy, I tell you what, Chuck Todd just loses his mind. He just loses it. This isn't about some uh, some uh, Fox conspiracy theory. And like, it, wow, it's like you have to stick to their narrative or you're a lunatic. That's how they're trying to portray it. You're like, and that's that's the thing that I just cannot believe. And li- li- like when 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 a reporter did ask uh, Joe Biden about, so, hey, what what is up with your kid? And Barisma Holdings. Boy, Biden lost. He just like, I'm not going to answer that question. This isn't about my son. This is about the, you know, and just like instantly. That's how you do it, you guys. That's how you do it. There's a reason Joe Biden is a career politician. He knows how to do that kind of thing effortlessly. And that's what the right needs to learn. So are you okay with uh, Trump threatening the president of the Ukraine? He didn't threaten him. We're looking into corruption. Are you okay with a vice president? Da, 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 da? Where do the, And then just go off. It's not that hard, this political kung fu. I'm really thinking, just by being a, like a – an observer of politics for the past couple of years and, and being a comedian, like I could totally do this. I'm really starting to think about it. Like I could run for public office. It's a sweet gig. It's a really good gig. I guess being a senator is better than being a congressman. But you make like uh, close to 200 grand a year as a senator, and then you're set for life. You get that money for the rest of your life. And you play your cards right, and uh, if you're a Democrat, you retire a multimillionaire. All I'm going to say is if you decide to run for office, you can adopt me so I can get one of those $50,000 a month gigs. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, buddy. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Listen, if I wangle it, if I if I work things right, if I work things right and I become a senator in the next uh, in the next 10 years and then I'll, I'll just try to be somebody's vice president, I'll be hooking my friends up everywhere. What do you want? Woo-hoo. What do you want to be in charge of? You want to be in charge of some some Chinese banking company? Sure, you're in. You're in. Everybody. It's the level of corruption, and it, this is where it's it's all it, it gets totally swampy. It's almost too much to comprehend. It, it, it is so. And I'll go back to this one. This is a, this is one that 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 bears repeating. So Jim Comey is uh, in the FBI, and Jim Comey. You know, he's he's a Boy Scout. That's what he's everybody. There's a bunch of the people in the FBI. You've got your Comey camp and then you got your other people. But like the people who are in the Comey camp is like he's a he's a he's a Boy Scout. He's an Eagle Scout. He's just a God bless America. Apple pie, apple pie, uh, Boy Scout. Well, for some reason, that Boy Scout uh, left the FBI and I think he went to work. I want to say Boeing or some some aircraft manufacturing company. He, He just left the FBI. And started working for this aircraft company. He's there for a couple of years. And then he negotiates a deal between the government and this company that makes aircraft. And, oh, my goodness, they got – look at that. The aircraft company, they got the contract. And so uh, because I guess they work on commission, uh, I think – I want to be very careful about how I say this. So I'll, I'll underplay it. I think it was like $3 million. It might have been $5 million. That was Comey's uh, piece. You know, it's like, hey, you put this deal together, you know, here's your commission. So Comey gets like three million or five million, whatever it is. Uh, and then once that deal is done, bing, bang, boom, he goes back to the FBI. 
And it's that's the kind of thing that happens, I believe, on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And, and no one if you're in on that kind of and it's all it's all legal. It's all completely legal. And that's the other thing that like people on Facebook uh, keep coming back to me with. It's like, oh, did did uh, did Biden do anything illegal? Uh, probably not. Probably not. He probably dotted all his I's and crossed all his T's and, you know, hey, Hunter, you should apply for this job. I think they're hiring at Burisma Holdings. Well, golly gee, dad, thanks. Like, I'm sure it's legal. Is it right? No. Just because something is legal doesn't make it right. It's complete and total corruption. And if you're but if you're in on that, if you're Jim, James Comey and they're like, hey, Jim, do me a favor. I need you to quit the FBI because uh, my buddy's going to hire you over at this aircraft company because we have to make this deal look legit. And then don't worry, you'll get a big taste. You'll be out of the office for three years and you'll have to set up shop over at the aircraft. But then uh, after three years, you can come back and you'll uh, you'll be worth uh, a fortune. I'd take that deal. And it's all legal. But that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Do you ever see the movie? Uh, uh, I think it's called War Dogs. Uh, yes, I have actually. With- Oh, it's about these two kids based on a true story. It's about this kid down in 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 Florida and then a buddy of his that he went to high school <clears throat> was working at a gun shop uh for his uncle. And they for some reason his uncle uh this kid's uncle, oh my gosh, I can't remember the kid's name who's in it. He was in uh he was in Superbad. Uh funny little uh fat kid. So anyway, uh he plays this character whose uncle had a, has a gun shop. Uh, and because he's been certified and qualified, he's on this insider's list for government contracts. So these two kids get together. They're like, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, really young. And they're, they're <coughs> their lives aren't really going anywhere. Uh, but they have access to some guns because the one kid's uncle has a gun shop. Uh, they start applying for government contracts to get guns uh, to for the for the military and the CIA and the FBI and they actually uh, they bid what they think is ridiculously high, but it turns out their bid was insanely low in terms of government money because we all know the government's a bottomless pit of money. They actually get the contract and they start uh, delivering weapons to our soldiers uh, in the Middle East and it's a very based on a true story. These events actually happened. Then they started, they started selling sidearms that I guess were illegal in these countries, uh, like in Iran and Iraq, and they couldn't find anybody to deliver the weapons. They rented a car. They delivered them themselves. No one could believe that these kids actually went through. So uh, it's, a, it's a crazy story of greed and corruption, and just these guys were making an absolute fortune, just an absolute fortune. And they were just getting started because it's these uh, government contracts. There's, I firmly believe that, that there is so much corruption. People talk about the swamp that your mind would just, most people would just be boggled. I think it's in, in every, every system. How do you not have it? How, how do you not? It's got to be insanely hard to fight it. When you're NASA, look at the money that NASA wastes. When you compare what NASA does to what Elon Musk does, it's 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 very tough. And then here's here's then it becomes a numbers game. I'm still on my soapbox. This is this is hopefully entertaining for someone uh, beyond me, the guy who's saying it. But it's like even if you're a Republican, even if you even if you go into government as a conservative and you get hired by the blah, blah, blah agency well, you're certainly not going to vote for a candidate who's going to make that agency smaller. You're not going to vote for someone who's like, I'm going to downsize government. It, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to not create a machine, the the federal government, that doesn't just become corrupt. It's almost like corruption by definition. And if you look at the the, the numbers are shocking in terms of uh, you know, lifelong Democrats in these big federal agencies. Are you really like you would do everything in your power, I would think, to make sure that your job is protected and that that also protects your family, that protects your income. And so uh, I, I certainly the senator today 
I wish I knew the guy's name on Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd's like, do you, uh, do you have faith in the FBI and the CIA? And the, and the senator goes, no, I don't trust him. I never did. And I never, and that's supposed to be controversial. And I'm like, good for you, dude. Good for you. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. We, if, 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 and then Chuck Todd tries to present it uh, as a conspiracy theory. I'm all over the board. I apologize. But like if this whole FISA thing went down the way it looks like it kind of did, when you got, you know, Peter Strzok in, in there and James Comey and John Brennan and these guys are cooking up bad FISA warrants and they're trying to set up George Papadopoulos and they are trying to make sure certain events happen so they can spy on people and investigate and set people up as a Russian's wife. That, that it, there's no other, other way to put that other than that's a, that's a coup. That's a coup. So do you want to live in a, in a Republic where your vote matters or do you just want the, the Democrats and, uh, and the deep state deciding who the next president is? Well, we know what it's they really want. go ahead I said, well, we know what they want. They they don't want. I mean, that's one of the things that I was talking about on t- on Twitter yesterday. The same people that are trying to convince us that Trump is the one that's corrupt are the same people that don't want people that live in states like mine to have a vote and to who the next president should be anyway. But to back up to one other point you were making about the corruption being baked in in our government, until we have a government yeah. that isn't paying thirty thousand dollars for toilet seats, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's 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 that's the problem, if you ask me philosophically, because that's that's where I always try to, you know, end up with this stuff, because I don't want to be all all just like doom and gloom and shaking, uh, you know, my fist, you know, oh, it's corrupt. The system is corrupt. Like, so what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I think you have to have independent auditors. That should be. Of course, I'm going to solve I'm going to solve the problem of governments too big by adding a government agency. But it's just like, you know, how the the police department has their own like little internal affairs decision uh, d- division. Internal affairs just kind of, you know, goes around and checks in and makes sure everything's on the up and up or they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Is, shouldn't the federal government have that same kind of agency? They probably do. They probably do. But we oh, need to I'm wake sure those do. dudes up. I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, uh, I believe it's called the Office of Profession. It's it's OPI or something. Um, it's the same group that kind of oversees the FBI, but they also have uh, oversight in other agencies. Um, but the thing about that is, again, as long as you have corruption that's already basically baked in, I don't I don't think I don't think creating another government agency is going to fix it because it's like you said, if you're already part of the DC machine, why are you going to vote for anybody who wants to fix it? Yeah. Well, what about this? What about this? <clears throat> this is a screenplay. This might be this might be a movie idea. This could be a movie idea. What if you randomly picked? It'd be like jury duty. You would randomly pick uh like 20 some citizens from all over America and they do they just get a letter in the mail and then they have to and all expenses are paid. And they show up in Washington D.C. and then some dude like uh, like the guy from Men in Black, who was Will Smith's boss in the first good one, he's like, "Welcome to the office of government oversight. You've been randomly selected. Here's what you got to do." And then and then it's just like regular citizens come in and they're like, "What? How much are we spending on this? Baloney!" And then they and then they just start and you have that you have that job for like a year or or two years. Uh, and then you're 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 dismissed, and you go back to your life, and then that you select uh, you select twenty other random citizens. That's because that's what it's got to be. It's got to be like a jury. It's got to be like somebody with like no skin in the game, absolutely no skin in the game. However, that you you you'd almost have to reward them with you never have to work again for the rest of your life. Like if you do this job. Because you can't like you're going to be you're going to have to be in it for a couple years. So you're going to your plumbing business is probably going to go under, you know, whatever. you're going to lose a lot. So it would have to be like an, an organized lottery. Yeah, no, I mean, that that might work. I think the only the only thing that I can think of, of off the top of my head that would probably cause an issue was especially being there for two years. That would be long enough to find a way to ingratiate themselves with some people. And the next thing you know, their relatives are getting the $50,000 a month gigs. Yeah, right. So you'd have to have 
uh, it's it all comes down. It's crazy. Like who's watching the watchers? You have to you have to have oversight on that. Oversight, oversight, oversight. It's crazy. So long story well, short. Hang, go hang ahead. on before you go any further. I just, just to close out the the oversight part. The problem that we have is technically there's already oversight built into how our government is supposed to work. These people are supposed to be working for us, not the other way around. And there are too many people that either don't understand that fact, don't want to deal with that fact, or just don't care. Well, they're not – I don't get mad at my at people who, like, don't know because, you know, because they just, they just don't know. Uh, they're, they're not hip to it. But the whole – here's the other problem. And, and this statistic came out the other day. It's it's like you're you're living your life, you're living your life, and you just you 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 think you're you want to believe you're smart, and you watch the news, and you read the papers, and you read the papers, and you watch the news, and so that's those are the facts as as, in, as far as you're concerned. But when it comes to journalism uh, and the media, they they did a survey recently, and it, it's like seven percent of journalists identify as conservative 7%. So you have 93% of journalists, media, newspaper, uh, news uh, on on television, 93% of those people all have the same belief system. They are they are looking at everything through the lens of is this good or is this bad for my political cause? You can't help it. You can't help it. Uh, and then so if you're just walking around on uh, in, in America and you're like, you know, oh, my gosh, what, what's going on in Washington? And 93 percent of the media that you're seeing is people talking about, oh, it's this is good for us. This is good for us, meaning it's good for the liberal cause. It's good for, uh, you know, freaking socialism at this point. Then you just you can't help but, you know, get get sucked into that. That was a really uh, a sobering statistic. It's something that, that I always felt like was true, you know, that just most people in the news lead that way. So when you're, you're, you're walking around on planet earth and you're just like, wow, uh, you, you start to get, they always refer to like our leaders in Washington, our leaders. Nancy Pelosi is our leader in Washington art. No, it's, she's a, she's, she represents, she's a Senator. She's just going to represent supposedly what's good for the people of California. That's how, yeah. People have it completely backwards. These people work for us. And and that's why, and this is a great transition, this is a great transition, uh, that I'm so uh, bummed out with this uh, Scott Pressler dude who who's, who's just like running around the country. He's a big Trump guy. His heart's in the right place. But he's just running around the country cleaning up the messes uh, that Democrats make. Like he 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 literally uh, organized this big giant cleanup in in Baltimore. I think he's he, I think he's back in Baltimore today. You know, doing yet like it's his it's his third trip. Yeah, cleaning up Baltimore. Yeah, his third trip was yesterday. And he was recently out in uh, in Los Angeles. He was recently out in California cleaning up this huge mess. And I'm like, no, dude. Stop doing that. I know it's good for what he's trying to do, but here's the here's and this is just my flaw. It's got to get worse. It's got to get worse. Like we can't. Does he think that like what Baltimore doesn't have a sanitation department? Los Angeles doesn't have a sanitation department. Like there are funds we have paid for this. And this, this is this is what gets a bee in my bonnet as a person who lives in California and I'm dealing with this stuff on a daily basis. It's like I'm paying for this. I'm paying out the wazoo for this. They are taking a boatload of my tax dollars. Clean it up. You clean it up. You don't get Scott Pressler to come flying in and organizing a ground crew. Is he going to come in every week? Is he going to come in every Wednesday? I doubt it. So all you've done now is you've just put off the inevitable. All you've oh, you put a little Band-Aid on it. And like I said, Pressler, his his heart's in the right place. He's trying to do a good thing. And no, it's got to get worse. The people yeah. of California have got the people of California, the people of Baltimore, the people of Detroit, the people of San Francisco, the people of Los Angeles have got to go. This is ridiculous. The person I voted uh, to fix this mess has failed me. 
I'm now going to try something new. I've tried this uh, going with Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Now I'm going to try another way and let's see what happens. That's that's the long term solution. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, don't get me wrong. I understand everything that you're saying, but I think Pressler's onto something that I don't think anybody's thinking through yet. Because first, because this is what happened during a strip yesterday. He was actually talking to people, and they were like, "Well, what are you doing this for?" He said, "Because I've seen the way you guys live, and there, people need to help you with that, so that you, so that you know it's okay for you to help yourself." And he said, "I'm coming here to clean up the mess." And one dude was like, "Yeah, so we can call president, so we can tell President Trump he's a liar and Baltimore's not bad." He's like, "Dude, Trump's the one who gave me the idea to come here." I think what has the left so completely scared about what Pressler is doing is he's teaching people they don't have to rely on the government to clean up the messes. Well, yeah, okay, so so yes, people listen. People can pick up garbage. If you if you're in your neighborhood and you're walking down the street uh, and there's a hunk of garbage there and there's a, a, an old box, yeah, you're allowed to throw that away. You totally are. However, I'm talking about the the, the bigger issue of uh, of the policies. Like, why is it so jacked up? And that's and that to me goes back to uh, uh, Democrat leadership. Oh, no, yeah, no, I I definitely don't disagree with that at all, but I think Pressler is waking people up because as as this goes further down, these people are going to start wondering, why am I giving all these people my tax money to come out here and clean up my own trash? Why are you taking taking so much of my money? Why are you taking so much of my money to tell me that you're going to clean this up, and yet we have people coming in from other states cleaning up our messes? I, I I think yeah, I know I where I'm, he's going with it. I don't know if it's going to work the way he's hoping. But as somebody that has always believed in self reliance over government government dependence, I can I actually like what he's doing. Yeah. Well, when you have when you have crazy people on the streets, like legit crazy people, you might be a little hesitant to uh, disturb them <laughs> and 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 throw away their empty. Uh, Coke can. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, this is true. You might start having some homeless dude flinging poo at you or something, or grabbing up, grabbing a pipe, and just going at you. Did you hear about that that attack the the other night in in New York? Actually, no, I hadn't heard about that. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. A uh, a, a mentally ill homeless guy uh, went by a construction site and got a big hunk of uh, pipe. And just started killing his fellow homeless people. He managed to kill four. Uh, the fifth is going to hopefully survive his injuries. But he was just a, a lunatic living oh, wait, out on I, the streets. And I take that back. Just, I, I did read that story. I, I didn't put the pieces together until you started describing it. So, yeah, I actually <clears> I read about that this morning. Yeah, flipping scary, dude. Flipping scary. And that's, you know. Uh, I, th- I think was horribly underplayed in the media, but that's like when you know I'm not kidding. We got to do something about uh, the, it's the mental people. There's always going to be a certain segment of the population that just doesn't want to be a part of society. You know, they just want to be off and doing their own. And you know, that's been back in Bible days. They had those dudes. They, they used to call them hermits. You know, they would just like, listen, I don't want to I don't want to live in uh, the big city. I'm going to go up in those hills and just find a cave and do my own thing. So evidently, there's just a there's always going to be a segment of the population. It's when you have the crazy people, the people that, you know, they need to scoop up. Uh, Anyway, it's a horrible, horrible. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So anyway, on to funnier stuff. On the more more lighthearted fare. This was so I got the call, and I love it when they do this. Uh, I got the call from uh, Fox News, like, "Hey, we, we want you to come in and talk about this impeachment task force thing." They send me an email, and you're like, "Wow, impeachment task force? <laughs> that sounds that sounds so serious." But here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's a uh, it's a group of celebrities that, that are getting together. Uh, and so they are going to work in – they're calling them themselves the impeachment task force. And it's, it's, it's Rosie O'Donnell. 
It's Alyssa Milano. It's Tom Arnold. It's a bunch of others. I guess the way to the way you get in this club is you have to have at least twenty five thousand followers. And so the plan is, and this is where it, to me it gets it gets nefarious. Uh, they're all going to coordinate together, so they're using the same hashtags and they're using the same messaging. So they're doing this to try to counteract Donald Trump's uh, Twitter and his social media presence. So you have this organized, and of course, and this is like the, they're fundraising. On th- last Thursday, uh, I guess they started crowdfunding and fundraising because these are people who uh, who are gonna. I, the joke is they're gonna tweet they're gonna tweet nasty crap about the president anyway for free. But now they they figured out a way to get paid to do it. It's like Rosie O'Donnell and Tom Arnold and Melissa Milano are the impeachment task force, and they'll all. And uh, here's the other thing that kills me. Like, isn't that targeted harassment? Isn't that against uh, Twitter's terms of service that you get a big group of people together and say, hey, okay, we're all going to say this to try to manipulate uh, what's trending in the hashtags and all that stuff? So to me, that was uh, that was the nefarious part of it. It's hilarious that they want to try to get uh, uh, paid to do it. And then the other thing is uh, good luck. Good luck with that. You know why Trump's Twitter account is so popular? It's because he's so good at it. It's an awesome, awesome account. That that Nickelback tweet that he did. I don't know, dude. That, that was that put me square in the impeachment camp. That alone. <laughs> what? I'm not a Nickelback fan. I was like, okay, you can impeach him now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. I've never discussed. Uh, this type of thing with my son. Look at this photograph. And then there it was. It was just perfect. Set up, punch. Clean, simple, easy. And then, of course, uh, Twitter is like, we have to take this down. Uh, copyright and fridge bed said, uh, we're not sure. And Warner Brothers. That's It's just hilarious to me. But, yeah, the the freaking the impeachment task force. It's just to me, it's just targeted harassment. Well, I, I can't. To be fair about yeah. that being pulled down, Warner Brothers is the worst because my station has a uh, an ASCAP license, and they still try to hit me all the time. And I show, and then I email them the paperwork, and they're like, "We're sorry." <laughs> and then Dude, they do it again, like two weeks later. I'm like, really? <laughs> it is crazy. Okay, so you know that I'm doing this tour, this uh, this Freedom to Laugh tour, right? Yeah, and I know. it's uh, yeah. It's a blast. It's a good time. Still trying My to buddy, get you to come to Oklahoma City. I know, I know. Uh, years ago, years ago, I was on this uh, comedy tour, Jameson, Jameson Whiskey. It was the, the Jameson tour. Uh, it was me and my buddy Billy Gardell and my buddy uh, Bert Kreischer. Uh, and Bert's doing very well. Bert, uh, he he's touring around now. Very very popular tour. He's a he's a great. If you get a chance to see him, he's it's a great evening. It's a great evening. Bert is an insanely talented, insanely funny, uh, wonderful storyteller. So Bert has this, uh, and we have the same manager, uh, Kreischer and myself. So I had done uh, a promo for the tour where. Uh, I just wanted to do a thing where I was dancing around in my kitchen, and then I put on a Make America Great Again hat, and the song was uh, Cobra style, you know? It was that guy that talks like this. I do that. I mean, it's like a great dance uh, song. And so it was like 45 seconds long because I wanted to be able to put it on Instagram. I wanted to be able to put it on Twitter. So I do this thing and I'm just dancing around making goofy faces and Cobra style. And it was hilarious. I put it on Instagram. I put it on Twitter. I put it on Facebook. Immediately it's taken down. I'm talking within like a minute for copyright infringement. For copyright infringement. So Okay, it is what it is. So I get, I, so I'm like, I guess you can't do that. My buddy Bert Kreischer has a tour, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and he has a promo for it. I see it on uh, on Facebook where he's standing in his front yard and he's wearing a pair of speedos. I think they're like a you know a tiger stripe speedo, but it's he's silly looking. He's holding an American flag. The wind is blowing, and it's actually his wife with a leaf blower. And the whole time. 
there's a uh, Bob Seger tune playing. I can't remember which which Seger song it was, but it's a good one. It's one that's not overused. And it's just like, oh, Ramblin' Man. It's, I'm a rambling, rambling man. And I, as he's standing there and all this craziness is going on around him, Bob Seger's just blaring. And then the tour, uh, the dates of his tour are going by in the background. So I call up the next day, I call up my manager and I'm like, wow, how did he, how did, uh, how did Kreischer get that? How did he, how did he, uh, afford that? And they're, and they're like, uh, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but, uh, they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, that's, that's an expensive tune, you know, to you. I think, I think it's okay. I think it's all right. So, uh, I'm not, I, I just find it very, very odd. If it's true, there's a chance. There's a chance that that Burt Kreischer ponied up uh, the tens of thousands of dollars because I've been I've I've been on TV shows where like okay here's the song we want to use and they go okay it'll be you know sixty thousand dollars so it, it just seemed uh, to me like oh it's it's wonderful you can do this if you're just fun loving uh, Burt Kreischer but if you're gonna go out and and talk about how <laughs> you're happy with small government and you're th- you're happy with the way Donald Trump is doing things. Uh, you're going to go down. You're going to go down immediately. It was crazy. It was crazy. And here's another one. Here's another one as long as I'm complaining. And maybe I did this last week uh, with uh, with uh, the, the Gimlet. We, uh, I think I did. I think I told this Facebook story where one of the guys on the tour uh, on Freedom to Laugh is my buddy uh, Reno Collier he was out on the blue collar comedy tour. He's buddies with Larry the Cable Guy, so we we boosted uh, an event. Oh, it's Freedom to Laugh, and we're coming to Des Moines, Iowa. Come out and see the show. Blah 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 blah. And Facebook's like, you want to boost this for like fifty bucks? Sure, you bet. He boosted it. He boosted it, and it reached seven people. Seven, as in three less than ten. Wow. Yeah. And then while we're standing while we're standing there outside the club talking about how how amazing that is, what an amazingly small number it is, he gets a text message uh, from Cable Guy and Cable Guy goes, hey, do me a favor. And uh, and I just posted this thing. Could you put it on your page, too? And, uh, and my buddy Reno's like, sure. And so he puts it on his page and doesn't boost it or anything. But like immediately his uh, his boost he didn't not his boost, but his his thing had reached like two thousand people. It was nuts. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna log on to Facebook right now because it's it's just amazing to me. I don't know what the algorithm is, but it, it's definitely in play. This this is a, a shocking little. The Freedom to Laugh tour is fantastic, by the way. It's we're in uh, we're in Houston on the fifteenth, and then this is where it should get fun. We're in uh, Addison on the seventeenth of October and Addison is right outside of Dallas and there's a man by the name of Donald Trump who's going to be doing a rally in Dallas on that same night on the 17th so yours truly the loftiest party management is trying to make some magic happen his show his show yeah Trump's show starts at like seven ours I believe starts at 730 so hopefully there's a way hopefully there's a way for worlds to collide but I'm just going to go through uh, some of these shocking numbers. I always, I always feel like I need to thank everybody who listens for sharing stuff. You guys are sharing. Oh, my gosh, Rick. We are 14 people away from having 14,000 uh, friends on Facebook. The num- it's awesome. just great. Dude, I can remember. It seems like yesterday. I'm like, wow, I wonder if we'll ever get to 5,000. And it's just growing and growing and growing. Okay. So here you go. You have um, – there's a, a, a meme a meme that I put up about uh, Joe Biden. I don't know if you saw this, but it's like if you like subpoena coladas oh, yeah, and getting caught in Ukraine, that one cracked me up. That one reached uh, 34,000 people. Uh, and then my appearance on Fox and Friends, eh, that reached 1,000. <laughs> a picture – Anything that has Fox and Friends in it is like a eh, thousand. But you read, oh, ooh, funny picture, twenty thousand. It's just insane. I don't know. 
it's got to be all those keywords are in there. Here's here's the other one that I think that is funny. So, uh, funny picture, funny picture about uh, Bernie Sanders. Twenty two thousand people are reached. The very next post, uh, which is literally forty five minutes later, forty five minutes later, the next post I wrote because I I wrote this thing about media bias and and just. For fun, I decided to leave media bias in the title of the post, you know, uh, 700 people. So isn't that crazy how, how one will reach 22,000 and the next one reaches 700. So the fix is in. Uh, the fix is in. And as we get closer to 2020, I just think it's going to get worse. So that's why I'm always asking people to share. Uh, and tell their friends. And so if you have if you have people in Houston, the people in the Houston area, the people in the Dallas area, definitely let them know the Freedom to Laugh tour is on the way. It's a fantastic show, but it's just uh, it's wild to see the there's definitely an algorithm at play and an AI that reads texts and all that good stuff. So that's the depressing part. That's yeah, the well, depressing you know, part. You, you, you've got free you've got freedom in the title, so I'm sure they have that flagged somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, yeah, because it's it's like with uh, uh, with YouTube, you can search. You can actually go through. I'm getting very clever, I think, about how I'm titling things because you don't want words to set off the certain red, red alarms and bells and whistles. Okay, so uh, we were talking about the, the the Jameson whiskey tour. It was this is this is these weird, weird backwards uh, segues keep falling in. So, yeah, me and my buddy, Burt Kreischer, he's doing his tour. I'm doing Freedom to Laugh, yada, yada. We used to do the Jameson uh, Whiskey Tour together. It was a really great show. That was a great show. And it would end every year in uh, Dublin for St. Patrick's Day. And we would tour where they make Jameson. And here's what makes Jameson special. And we distill it this many times. And this is the kind of cask we use. And you really want to, like, you know, taste this stuff. Like doing doing like a shot of whiskey, that's that's like a sin, man. Like you you want to taste you want to taste the flavor, what you're spending your good money on. I was shocked the other day. Just actually shocked. I, I always liked Glenn Levitt too. I always thought I always thought Glenn Levitt was a fine product. They invented this uh this new thing. I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you probably did. You're on Twitter all the time. These new uh Glenn Levitt pods. Did you see these? Yeah, the t- the Tide Pods for the more con- uh, the more uh, refined palate. <laughs> it's basically it's I, it, it's, I, it's 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 a revamped Jello shot with high end scotch in it, which is kind of weird. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's it's the worst idea ever in the history of like whoever like listen. The only way you you want to like put a pod of something in your mouth and then just bite down on it and just that seems like a tequila thing. Like, how can we drink the worst tequila? Well, I, I can't smell it because that's the thing. Like, ooh, the smell. If I just smell it, I'm going to barf. Okay, we'll wrap it up in a in a, in a a seaweed slash plastic pod. And you can just, like, you get, <laughs> they've taken, like, all the enjoyment out. There is, like, zero, because what, you know, when I'm, when I'm drinking scotch, when I'm drinking uh, Jameson or Glen Levitt, I like, first of all, you have to have some kind of water in there. Either either ice that was always my way ice so you can you take a big sniff of that and you're like mmm that's good scotch and then you take a sip and you swirl it around and you it's the like I just can't believe a company like Glenn Levitt like who okayed that who okayed that we have taken all of the joy all of the fun all of the nice little. Uh, you know, the, 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 the swirling it around in the glass, the smelling it. No, we've reduced it to you bite into a, a pod and then you just swallow it as fast as you can. Sweet Lord. Do you hate your own product? Do you hate it that much? How can we get how we need a delivery system for our expensive whiskey where people won't be able to smell it or taste it? I, I was just shocked. I was completely shocked, and it is like a lot of people were making fun of it, uh, but it is just a matter of time before people are just using that as like a whiskey suppository. They're just like, that's just, 
<laughs> it's the worst idea ever. It's the worst idea ever. So, see, I was having so much fun, I was honestly starting to think about inviting you to come hang out on the Toxic Masculinity podcast we do, like, once a month. But then you started t- talking about putting ice in your whiskey. I'm not sure you and I can be friends anymore. That's what cold stones are for. Come on, man. You don't, you don't water down whiskey? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I have... I. I have there's a there's a large group of people and I'm I'm in I'm in one of them. I like uh I I like the 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 chill, I like the the cold and I like just a little introduction of of water just to just to open it up. But that's what I'm that's what the ice is there for. But there's there's people, dude. There's people in in Ireland who uh work at Jameson who will be like, "No, to drink to drink whiskey without some kind of water is is like a sin for them, <laughs> and they'll they'll go toe to toe with you on that one. Listen, however you however you enjoy your whiskey, that's fine with me. Other than in a in a a seaweed based bio plastic that you just chomp down on and swallow as fast as you can. That's horrifying. That's horrifying. So you drink your whiskey neat. Uh, neat or with cold stones. Now, what's a cold stone? Uh, well, basic, basically, before there was such a thing as ice, there there are actually stones that you could get that would get cold, and you would put those in your drinks to chill them, and that way you don't okay. get, you don't get the watered down effect from the ice melting. There you have it. There you have it. I I got no problem with that. I got no beef with that. What's your uh, what's your whiskey of choice? What's the what's the new one? Which which who do you like? Who do you like? Uh, if I'm drinking a Scotch, I can't afford it often, but I love Macallan. Um, but honestly, when it comes to whiskey, I uh, grew up on bourbon, so I my my dad's drink of choice when I was a kid. And needless to say, my dad had uh, my dad was anything but an alcoholic because you know they're quitters. Um, I was his bartender from age 14, so. Pretty much anything I could get my hands on that was whiskey was what I would drink when nobody was looking. <laughs> That's you know. awesome. That's awesome. So in terms in terms of uh, bourbons, who do you like? Uh, may, mainly bourbon. My favorite. I'm trying to think of. I can't. Hang on, just a second. I'm trying to get rid of an echo in my ear. I got an echo in my ear. What's the uh, maybe? What's that? Uh, what's that? Stuff they make down in uh, in Kentucky, and they got the uh, the red wax all over the the top of the bottle. What yeah, am I thinking of? I know which one you're thinking of. That's uh, Maker's Mark, but I don't. Yeah. Actually, actually, I don't like the taste of that one. Um, my uh, my honest favorite bourbon. I'm just I'm just a, a, I'm simple when it comes to bourbon. I prefer Black Label Jack. Black Label Jack. Black. It's crazy. Uh. Well, holy crap! Yeah, I got to be on that podcast. And why are you not writing about whiskey and booze and putting these? Put here's what you do, Rick. I'm going to set you up. I'm going to set you up, dude. Uh, you need to start uh, writing about this and posting about it at theloftestparty.com. Here's yeah. what you do. <laughs> so you you do that like uh, once a week or once every two weeks. You're like, hey, I just tried this uh, this bottle of blah 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 you know bourbon it was pretty good it had you know hints of this and blah 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 that but i enjoyed the flavor and da, 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 da. so then you get you get a little bit of a reputation for 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 doing that then we start reaching out to these people uh that that are like doing their own their own brews and we go hey uh i'm from the loftusparty.com this is my man uh kung fu rick and he writes about this for a living. You should uh, you should definitely hook him up with a with a with a uh, some a sample. Give him a, give him a case of booze. They'll start delivering it to your door, man. I'm I'm kind of digging I'm kind of digging what you're putting down here. <laughs> Listen, I'm not kidding you. Like I like playing video games. I wish I had more time to play video games in the future. Hopefully, I will. However, uh, when the next gaming system comes out. When the next generation of PS4 comes out, I have every intention of reaching out to those guys and saying, hey, I review video games on my website. I talk about them all the time. I have a podcast. I have a I reach this many people and they will just give me a gaming system. And then and like I'm about to talk about the Joker movie and 
<laughs> it's like this is what I, I'm trying to t- tell people about the loftusparty.com. If you like the finer things in life, whatever you're into, like, my God, review it. Review it. I have, I have friends – uh, who still are, are like travel agents and stuff. And when you're a travel agent, when you're reviewing hotel rooms and travel packages, they want you to come. They want you to come. So you go, wow, I was, I just stayed at, at, at the Hilton in Charleston. I had a delightful time. The rooms were clean and spacious. Ba 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 ba. They will totally, that's, that's good. That's capitalism, baby. That's capitalism. I yeah. review movies. I want free movie tickets. I'll see your movie. Cause I'm going to review it on on the site. It's it's funny the number of things that you can actually get that way though, because um, I actually do know people that are doing that now. It's that that's what they want. That's what they want. Seriously, it's like when you're singing the praises of something and com- comparing and contrasting, that that's publicity. There's no such thing as 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 bad publicity. They totally want it. So actually, it is you know it's not like a scam, but it's like when I was on Kevin Can Wait when I was ri- writing on that show. Uh, everybody was trying to get a Nintendo Switch. A Nintendo Switch. Couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And then uh, my friend, who was a cast member uh, of the show, he just called up Nintendo. He called up their New York offices, and he goes, hey, uh, I, I play video games. I talk about them all the time. I have, I don't even think he had a podcast, really. But he's like, I'm on television, and I blah, blah, blah. And before he could even finish talking, they're like, well, come on in. We'll get you a Nintendo Switch. Like they just saved one for him. If you're if you're a fan and you're you're doing anything in media, they wanna they wanna support that. Good lord in heaven. And it's the kind. Of, it, listen, that's the thing where the loftus party. I don't want to get off track with the whole website. I, I have to rem, remind myself that yes, it is. Yes, we're we're we talk about politics. We make fun of, uh, you know, double standards. We make fun of hypocrisy, blah, 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 blah. But it also has to be about, and and I'm not kidding at all. Like, Hey, I found a steakhouse in St. Louis. That's amazing. I found a barbecue place. I found this, this, Oh my gosh. If you ever go to Hawaii, you got to go here. If you like booze, check this out. Oh my God. These people are making good vodka, all that stuff. Here's a great cigar, uh, and that's and I get mad at myself. I went to a great cigar shop in uh, freaking uh, Omaha after the show in Omaha, and and like a moron, but I was so like in my own world. I should have taken some video uh, and talked about this cigar place, but it was outstanding. A great patio, awesome service, big fire pits, and it was like a perfect night. The show in Omaha, Freedom to Laugh show, was amazing. Then we go to the cigar bar. We're all hanging out. People are doing, you know, cocktails. We got our feet kicked up. The fire pits roaring. Good cigars were being smoked. It was just a wonderful evening. And I'm like, how is this place not packed? How is it not packed? So I should have given them. I got to call up my buddy Chad Prather and find out what the name of that cigar shop was in Omaha. But that's exactly what I want to do. I want to find a, something. I want to find a cool place in Houston, and you know, hey, you guys, if 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 he, one of the benefits of hanging out at theloftestparty.com is you get the inside scoop on places like this. If you do travel, if you're ever here, try that. So yeah, I'm getting fired up about the bourbon thing. I'm gonna try to uh, at some point this afternoon uh, write a review of the uh, the Joker movie spoiler free and i'm i'm going to talk a little bit about the joker now uh spoiler free so don't worry i wouldn't do that to you guys uh but boy howdy boy howdy that was a great flick that was a very good piece of cinema even if you uh if you can't get out to the movie theater and see it uh the way i did you're in for a treat uh, when it comes out on on DVD and, and Blu-ray and all that stuff, I would suggest you try to see it in the theater and try to see it on a really, really good size screen because uh, – and I saw mine. It was a 35-millimeter uh, print. I guess they shot this thing on film. And dude, uh, I guess I should ask, have you seen it? Rick no, is gone. I, no, I, no, I'm still here. I have not seen it yet, no. Um I I don't have I don't have t- I don't really go to movies I know. that often. I don't have I time. Know. So you're going to be that's and that's why I was saying if you even if you have to wait for a Blu-ray or DVD, 
but be prepared. I was okay. So the look of the movie is just and and just oh my lord the the colors that they chose whoever did the set decorating whoever did the set decorating has to win the oscar it looked like you know it's set in gotham city but gotham city is always new york it looks like new york in 1979 and it looks like it isn't trying that's the other thing that I thought was amazing that I just kept looking at the at the at the screen. It's like, damn, this looks like time travel. And then with a lot of movies, when they're set in the past or set, you know, it's like you can see them trying like, OK, yeah, that's a car from 1978. But it's it's like a brand new looking car. It looks too nice. Everything was kind of gringy and beat up. It just looks like they went back to like Brooklyn in 1978 or 79, whatever, and just started rolling uh, cameras. It's a freaking a great piece of filmmaking. Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. He's he's just great. It's one of those it's one of those things where you just you kind of worry about him as an actor because he got skinny. It's like he's disturbingly skinny in it, and you're like, okay, what kind of weird machinations did he go through to get that that thin but his performance is great the script is uh great like with any with any like there's always going to be like the jealous uh, part of me where i'm always going to look like oh i could cut that you could cut that but man uh a fantastic piece of filmmaking and 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 it's validating in a lot of uh, in a lot of ways, because like, you know, that's the other thing with the Loftus Party is we're always, you know, it's like nerd culture, geek culture and all this stuff. And if you look at like the successful, the in, in my opinion, the super successful Batman movies are like the Christopher Nolan ones, you know, those those were huge. Sure, you could say Tim Burton and, and Michael Keaton, but that was just like because so, so many people were just eager to see Batman treated as a serious subject. That was huge. And then Tim Burton, it started getting jokey and started getting bad. So if you look at Christopher Nolan's like Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and all that stuff, it's like he treated it. He treated the subject matter as if it were real, as if these events could possibly happen. If this were real, here's what it would look like. Here's how it would go down. And people responded. And it's fantastic. And that's what this is. Like there's a dude uh, who through just he's normally off. He's just he's got mental illness. He's not well. Uh, and then these events go down and you see his descent into becoming the Joker. And it is a dark ride. And it's a great ride. And there's. This, the cinematography, I, the cinematography is fantastic. The performances are fantastic. Like everybody, everybody shines in this thing. And it's just the, oh my God, the music's uh, really great. And I don't know, like, and I don't, I don't, I'm not reading a bunch of politics into it. Like some people are trying to do this. Well, okay, this is what it's really about. And it's, it's, it's a fight against this and that. And it's symbolizing that. I'm like, leave all that stuff aside. Set all that stuff aside. It's a great piece of filmmaking. It's just a wonderful piece of cinema. I'm so happy they shot it on film. Uh, definitely try to catch it on the big screen if you can. And it's weird how like. Like uh, CNN and all these other like movie review sites are like being so it's almost like they want somebody to go in and shoot up a theater. They're like, ooh, it's this. It, and it certainly isn't. It, d- dude, the Joker does not glorify violence. It does. This is not like some, hey, uh, this is going to make somebody go out and do a copycat crime. Good Lord. They need to they need to it's it's if anything, it's the other way. It's like, yeah, this guy went crazy and he's killing people. That's scary. That's no bueno. If anything were to glorify, it's really weird how uh, these these places are, are like putting out these warnings like, ooh, something, bra, something bad will probably happen here. It's like, my God, if anything, if anything glorifies violence, look at the John Wick movies. Look at the look at those things. That's talk about a glorifying violence. Holy smoke. Have you seen the John Wick movies? Rick? I, I have seen one and two. I have not yet seen three. Okay, three is pretty much a setup for four, so don't worry about it. You can kind of, but if you see three, that's a fun ride. There's a, <laughs> there's a talk about glorifying violence. I was watching that with my kids last weekend. 
Oh my gosh. There's some sequences in that where you're just like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But, uh, that's a fun ride too. But man, if anybody, if ever, if you're going to do a copycat, like, uh, I don't think I'm going to copycat the Joker, but I would, I would, I would copycat John Wick. He looks cooler. He has a better lifestyle. <laughs> you know, nobody's going, Ooh, I want to live my life like the Joker. That looks awesome. He looks like he's doing great. It's fantastic. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a, a wonderful show. I had a great time. It's been fun. I can't actually. It has been. I can't believe this. This was a really quick hour. I know it flies by. It's a good time. We have to do this more often. We have to do this more often. And now I want you to write something about uh, about something your fa- your favorite booze of choice and throw that up at theloftestparty.com. Can you do that for me, Ricky Rick? Yeah, I'm sure I can get something done in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there you see. There you go. No pressure. Have fun. You guys have a great week. Freedom to Laugh Comedy, we're hitting Houston on the 15th, we're hitting Dallas on the uh, 17th, and then we've got a couple of Southern California dates, and then we'll be doing our Fox Nation special. Wow! You're awesome. You guys have a great week. I will see you at the Loftus Party. Yeah.